Poet Jane Kenyon, Poet Laureate of New Hampshire, wife of poet and essayist Donald Hall, was diagnosed with leukemia in her mid-40s and died one year later at the age of 48. Here is her poem, powerfully describing that precipice of mortality upon which we all live each day. I got out of bed on two strong legs. It might have been otherwise. I ate cereal, sweet milk, ripe, flawless peach. It might have been otherwise. I took the dog uphill to the birch wood. All morning, I did work that I love. At noon, I lay down with my mate. It might have been otherwise. We ate dinner together at a table with silver candlesticks. It might have been otherwise. I slept in a bed in a room with paintings on the walls and planned another day just like this day. But one day I know it will be otherwise. I was inspired to write this reflection to weave together these particular words after reading a review of Nalaja Sun's one-woman show, Pike Street, which played through early last month at a stellar theater near my home, Hartford Stage. So I brought this to share with you just to give you a little bit more of a visual sense of the production. A line that lingered with me from one review of the show was this one. Ms. Sun's implicit message may be that for families like Evelyn's, the precipice is never distant. Yes, of course, I thought at first, for families like Evelyn's. Pike Street centers the lives of a struggling Puerto Rican family living in a fifth floor walk up near the Manhattan Bridge on the Lower East Side as they prepare to ride out an approaching hurricane. The main character, Evelyn, has decided not to move her teenage daughter, Candy, to a shelter. A mysterious aneurysm rendered young Candy unable to move or breathe on her own, and Evelyn is confident that she and her daughter will be better off dealing with the oncoming storm at home. Throughout the day, Evelyn navigates and plays all these characters. It's really amazing navigates her philandering father shopping for supplies, setting up a gas-powered generator, the intrusions of Ms. Applebaum, a slightly senile neighbor who survived the Holocaust, and the exalted return of her brother Manny, who's been serving as a Navy SEAL in Afghanistan. The tension of the coming storm, along with her brother's eventful return, and the family's shared heartbreaks builds throughout the play. It's a memorable and moving production. Keep an eye out for it as it continues to tour the United States. It is so relevant to these times we are living in, preparing for catastrophe in small communities together. And whenever I turned away from my reading about the show and listened to the radio as I drive around, I heard other kinds of precipices resounding through all our lives. In January, you may remember, even though it was not so long ago. Um, it's been such an eventful season that it can seem like longer ago than it was. In January, it was the call to war, the bravado, gusto, and arrogance that comes from world leaders, our own and others, using their power brashly, seemingly out of touch with the impact on our daily lives, our children's fears, our own understanding, likely for some of you, lived experience 
of how things can go so quickly from threats to full-out war. Days after I'd gotten fixated on that word precipice in the theater review, I read it in the New York Times, the operation that took out General Soleimani, the commander of the Quds Force of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, propelled the United States to the precipice of war with Iran and plunged the world into seven days of roiling uncertainty. May the tentative peace of that particular tension continue. Still, we are all actually on a precipice of one sort or another, and that has continued to be apparent throughout the weeks of this monumental year. It is not just families like Evelyn's, as that review of Pike Street suggested. Absolutely, people and families of color are disproportionately at risk of living in poverty, in proximity to too much violence, and with far fewer opportunities than the majority of this country's white population continues to have, generationally maintained. Yet, as Jane Kenyon's poem so artfully conveys, for any one of us, any day now, it could be otherwise. In fact, it can feel like we are on many precipices, like we are floating on a block of melting ice in an open and tumultuous sea. Which part of our dwindling life raft will fall away next? The feeling of precipice is prevalent today, which is why I chose to share these particular thoughts with you. As we wait and see how 14 states, American Samoa, and Democrats abroad will vote in today's Super Tuesday Democratic primaries. In some ways, this whole year thus far feels like the year of precipice. Will we or won't we succeed as a country in uniting behind shared values and concerns for one another and our planet? Will we or won't we find ways to carry on with our day-to-day -day lives, even amidst constantly rising reports of stress, trauma, deaths of despair, global pandemic, and financial crisis all around and among us? There were more than 950 earthquakes and aftershocks recorded in Puerto Rico between December 31st and mid-January. While many were weak and could not be felt, more than 500 were of magnitude 2 or higher. For the people of Puerto Rico devastated by these earthquakes and their incessant and fearsome aftershocks, living on the precipice means what I can only term climate terror, being constantly on edge, sleeping outside at night in fear of another big one that could bring down the roof that would otherwise be over their heads or cause a tsunami to come careening towards their hastily built short-term dwellings and their children, playing on screens powered by generators right nearby. Emotionally, we're very fragile, one woman there shared. There are countless stories right now of many people living on a precipice of one kind or another. The horrific fires in Australia, which continue to burn. The coronavirus pandemic, has it been called a pandemic yet? causing the entire country of Switzerland to ban all gatherings of a thousand people or more until at least March 15th. Columnists like Charlie Warzel writing in yesterday's New York Times about the impact of the coronavirus on global commerce. We've never experienced such a stress test. 
I had a moment this past weekend after Sunday's full morning when I was trying to sit at our kitchen table at home and go through the past several days' newspapers and just move them into the recycling. And right behind me, my spouse Kathy was click-click-clicking on her keyboard at the Kitchen Peninsula, sending text messages to voters, some 2,000 text messages she sent out apparently, which is great, except at that moment, I was just feeling drained by the intensity of the whole past week and everything seeming so crushingly critical all the time that the click-clacking of her on the keyboard, it was like making my heart race. I had been giving too much attention myself to every additional coronavirus case in the United States, thinking about my mother who lives in Washington State and my grandmother who turns 97 this month living at an elder care community in Oregon. I'd been giving too much attention to each Democratic candidate for president and the evolution or de-evolution of their campaign. And I just needed to go curl up on the old love seat in the basement and have a bit of a cry, which was what I did, away from all devices. It was what needed to happen. I needed to find my curiosity again, that state of being that allows me to feel confidence that we will the vast majority of us press on through this year and into 2021, and we'll get to see what comes next, whatever that may be. These are the times we are alive in. We are the ones who are here now, who are called upon to act. How will we pass on joy, even during times of stress and despair? How do we teach our children to carry on, to see the beauty of this precious world, even when there is so much that is lost? What does it mean for us to come awake, to look around and acknowledge the incredible stress that almost everyone is living with, and to try to take action on that precipice? Because precipice can also be an exhilarating, transformative movement forward. I was talking with another parish minister colleague this past week who was observing herself after many years in ministry leading services in a new way. She said, I stand up in the pulpit now and I feel a new clarity and a new sense of risk. I take a deep breath and I think, okay, here goes. I am delivering a message from a different place in me now. I loved that self-observation. There are ways in which all of us can shift in place, can choose to transform our approach to our lives, our families, our communities, these congregations we serve, our country, and allow ourselves to become more authentic, more mature perhaps, more bold. When I asked my spouse and Hartford co-minister Kathy for her thoughts about the idea of precipice, she spoke with a gleam in her eye about hang gliding, the way that we have seen people do from the top of Avon Mountain Ridge on the hike up to Hubline Tower, these gutsy few who lean into the blustering wind and push off over the trees. Here goes, they must say, as they leap off that ordinary yet extraordinary outlook. Precipice can also be an opportunity to soar. At this liminal, almost springtime of the year, 
It's a natural, almost instinctive thing to do, to consider how we might approach the day-to-day in our lives in some fresh way. I'd like to invite you to take just a moment right now and think to yourself, what is a way I can still shift in my approach to something, maybe something that feels a bit dusty, even stale in my life? Something squeaky and annoying like an old door hinge or like that hot water heater we were listening to earlier. And reignite my relationship with it. Refresh in this time of unexpected early spring. Refresh my relationship with it. In this new decade, what might be your here goes moment? Nalaja Sun describes her play, Pike Street, as also a warning in a way. We will continue to have weather-related situations in America and around the world. And wouldn't it be great if we could have plans in place, she dreams, for those who are most vulnerable, physically, mentally, emotionally, and economically as well. We need to be thinking now when we're blessed to have a calm time, even an unseasonably warm march. Think about it today, this very afternoon. What is my plan for fill in the blank? When these conversations happen, Nalaja's son dreamed, I just think, yes, that is exactly why I wrote this play. I am so glad that people are finally talking about post, during, pre, hurricane, or whatever the climate disaster might be, what to do. This is the discussion we needed to have many years ago. We are each and all blessed to be here right now in this lovely, comfortable, multi-use space on this warm March day. This moment in which we here are so lucky to be alive, breathing, capable of touching, doing, speaking, and acting, acting in every imaginable sense. What can we still do? Who can we help care for? Because at any moment, it could all be otherwise. May these words energize you into your next actions. May we all lift each other's spirits and move together into collective, earnest, positive movement forward. Whether it's a hang glider's leap, a toddler's baby step, or a trip with an elder to the grocery store to prepare for staying in for a while. May our increasing clarity about all that could go wrong inspire us towards concrete actions to care for and look out for each other. May the work of community building, spirit nourishing, and creating a more just and equitable society start with where we live, who we live among, and how we can better hold each other in our beautiful interdependent web. May this be so.